This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we back up a trailer full of trailers. Boy, do we have a vacation for you as we talk about all things Westworld. And Paul sifts through some applications for the Green Arrow. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome back to Invasion of the Podcast. We're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul um, the Maze. I don't know. I got nothing. I was trying to think of Westworld stuff. Stedman. Uh, and I ran out. I was going to be like, Paul, robot sex Stedman. But then that just sounds kind of weird. Um, and then to my left is Joe. This doesn't look like anything. Peters. This doesn't look like anything yeah. at all. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about Westworld uh, season one. Uh, and also uh, the movie Westworld, and and also Future the World movie Future World. Yeah, we have some we have some critical things to say about Future World. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so uh, Joe was asking me before the show. He's like, I feel like no, he didn't ask. He's like, I feel like you, I ruined your weekends, but like asking you to like we binge all the stuff and get ready for the show. So here was my Sunday, um, which for our Saturday. You know, Joe and I did hang out socially, and it was quite quite fun. Uh, we played some uh, cards against humanity. Mm-hmm. We're terrible people. It was wonderful. <laughs> We're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. I think everybody's required to say that when they play that game. I say it with like pride. And I'm giggle. like, I am not afraid to say this. Oh, like, I played yeah. that. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so on Sunday, I woke up. I watched uh, Westworld the, the movie. Um, then I watched Future World the movie. Whoa. I wanted I wanted to take a nap in the middle of Future World the movie, but then I got through it. Too much worlds. Too much worlds. Was it kind of like going to Disney World and then going to all the theme parks in one day? And you're just like, I just need like like 45 minutes for Magic Kingdom. Yeah, it was pretty much like like I, I want to say about halfway through, I started like doing the whole thing where I pause. I'm like, how much more of this movie? Oh, you're checking the time because it was longer than Westworld. And half as boring as Westworld, like yeah. it was, just, it is drug. So, um, well, again, we'll get to that later. Spoiler alert: Future World's not that great, um, and we were warned about that going into it. So, at least that was nice to know. Um, then after that, I I've talked about this previously. Um, I had a list of things I was going to try to get through for 2016, and with it being December, I figured I better just start getting them done now uh, for our nerdy resolutions. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll recap again: it was to finish Mass Effect three. Um, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, watch some important movies. I don't know why I said that that way, but I'm going to try to watch some stuff before before the. I know you out. said you wanted to watch Rambo. Yeah, First Blood, which I don't know if it's an important movie, but it's important to me. And I know The Godfather is still out there, and I have a copy of it now. I'm going to watch that before the end of the month and get caught up on Doctor Who. So I think I can still do all of this. Yeah, you got plenty of time, man. Um, you got like three weeks. Yeah, so I think I can get through. Because really all you got to do is your Who and maybe one movie. Yeah, and I am I am a season and a half out from catching up on Doctor Who completely, so I think I'm doing okay there. So I finished Red Dead Redemption. Um, yeah, I it's, it, it, the game's been out for six years. Just, you know, I finally finished it. That's good, right? So do you want to talk about this now? The Yeah, game? a little bit. Okay. Um, so, but here's what happened. I started playing it around like two or three o'clock and I'm like, you know what? I probably only got a couple hours left in this. I'll just get done before Mary gets home from work. So that way I'm not bothering her taking the TV. Do you factor in coyote and bear skinning time? <laughs> I, I didn't really do much hunting unless they were attacking me. Then I shot them and then I skinned them. I didn't do, because at this point I was playing the game for, 
enjoyment, but I was playing it for speed because I wanted to get it done because mm -hmm. of you know the impending deadline. So I didn't go wandering off in the mountains being like, oh, look, there's a rabbit in the distance. I'm going to chase it down and shoot it. Um, so if an animal crossed my path, sure. Uh, but otherwise, I didn't do any of Like the one guy was like, hey, I'll race you. The first person to pick all these plants, I'm like, I'm gone. I just didn't even want to talk to you. I'm out. I'm, you nope, win, buddy. Nope, you can't do Congratulations it. Congratulations on here, your plant race. Can I give you money so you never ask me this again? Can we do that? Um, so it. three hours in, I'm like, okay, I, I should be finished with this because the game, the game is set in 1910. Or 1917. No, uh, 1910, yeah, it's like 1910, 1910 1912. Yeah. Um, and it's like basically like uh, the West is starting to fade away with the modern like technology, like civilized life, whatever, right? So part of it takes place in basically like Texas and like the, the Midwest, and then part of it takes place in Mexico. And when I got to the second half of the map, which is Mexico, I'm like, well, that must be the second half of the game. I was completely wrong. I was like, Mexico's going to wrap up soon. So I finished up the Mexico story. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to ride my horse all the way up and tell the, the, the government guys that I'm good. And they're like, nope, you got one more thing to do. I'm like, well, that has to be the last mission. Three more hours later, <laughs> I was like, can can I be done now? And yeah, I, they, wrote, it, they roped you in. And I just knew because Mary got home and she was she had a bad day and she was just frustrated. I'm like, can I just please finish this game? And then I was like, oh, by the way, I want to watch Westworld tonight, too. So it's just going to be nothing but cowboys on this TV for like the next eight hours. <laughs> Um, Cowboy Sunday, yeah, <laughs> Cowboy Sunday. That that sounds like is that sounds a like delicious a treat? Yeah. I don't know, but um, like I want to go to Dairy Queen and get a Cowboy Sunday. So I just knew they give that a hat. whenever if I was going to stop this game, I always felt like I was one mission away from finishing it. You so, yeah, I hate that feeling too. Like when you don't know and you don't want to find out, you're like, I feel like if I stop now and then I pick it up a couple days later, it's going to be so uh, <laughs> like not satisfying. Yeah, to be like I devoted all this time. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, good, 10 minutes is done. Great. Yeah, I've done it's that before. Like, is you do like half a mission and it's like credits and you're like, oh, I should have just finished it that night. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was hell-bent to get this done. And so uh, here, I'll just go ahead and do this for a six-year-old game. Do you know why they are called spoilers? The main character, John Marston, who is awesome. He's a really great character. Um, he was formerly part of a gang that was um, – he changed his ways. The gang abandoned him. He realized maybe – Maybe I should change my own way of life. And he finally got everything straight. Garbutt stepped in and said, hey, your former gang members are still out there. We're holding your wife and child like basically hostage until you bring them to justice. Yeah, definitely some crooked government officials. Like, they, what were they, Secret Service or FBI or something? Marshals well, or something FBI, like that? Not FBI because that was back then. But yeah, they were, they they were government agents. Yeah. Yeah. So you, the, the, the crux of the game is you go find, you're supposed to go find one guy. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out he goes to Mexico. So there's another guy that's down there, too. You're like, oh, yep. well, he was part of the gang, too. Yeah. So now it's two guys. So then you find the guy in Mexico first, and then you find the other guy. And isn't there like a double cross somewhere? Somewhere. So you, got, you got to deal with a double cross. There's a double cross of the Mexican Revolution that's going on, yeah. too. There's this whole big thing. It's very spaghetti Western where you're playing both sides of the revolutionaries and the Mexican army, just trying to get information about well, where these two guys are. Yeah, it definitely had a good, the bad, and the ugly feel to it with that. Yeah, so then yeah, I get these two guys, and that's why I ride all the way back up to where like, okay, government people, we're good, right? They're like, no, no, no. Your former leader's still out there. It's like, I don't care. Can I go home now? They're like, no. Like, all right, so fine, right. fine. All right, I'll, I guess I'll just meet these new characters. Like, I guess I'll meet out this cracked out professor that's in the last 10 minutes of the game. And also this this uh, Native American guy that's very honorable that I see for two missions and then gets shot. That's cool. Great. Thanks, Rockstar, for introducing these characters so late. So then I'm off into, like, like snow country chasing down the, my former leader, and then my either I hit X too early because I thought there's going to be a shootout or something. Mm -hmm. It skips the cutscene whenever you have the big final showdown with him. No, he has like a minute long speech, 
and his demise. So I had, so I was like, okay, fine, fine. I screwed that up. Fine. I'm sure the game's over in like five minutes. I'll just go watch the ending on YouTube. There's still another hour to that game at least. Yeah, with his kid. Yeah, uh, his just, kid oh was a gosh. Little, his kid was a little bitch. I did not like his kid. So okay, people, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. And I'm sorry. I know we like we sometimes drag this this front bit out a little too much, but I, I have to vent here. You you finish the the main part where you take all the bad guys to justice and you're done. And the game does the thing that every game and movie does, which it plays a cheesy country song. And over, and so you're like, oh good. There, there's never been a song in this yeah. game, like an actual like. I don't know. There's been music, but not like songs. Right. And it's a modern song. It isn't an old, it isn't a period specific song. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ride, ride my horse to Toby Keith or whatever and go back and, and find my woman. And you have that moment. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, why is there still quests? Why is there still things to do? Yeah. You, know? you play as like, like that was so weird. Red too, Dead like, Homestead. It becomes for the last hour. It's right. Like you, become, you become a farmer for the last you, hour you of play, the game. You play his son like what? Like five, four or five years later. Yeah. Well, cause you, and you he grow, yeah. Yeah. He grows up like, okay. So like the main character, dies and then the 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 kid's mom dies too later they don't explain how but like he's he's at the homestead probably because of typhoid or something yeah he's he's at their grave and now he's the main character that you play well yeah but so like when you're still john you get home and it's just like oh honey we need to get some cattle so you go bring some cattle in it's like right oh, honey go shoot a bunch of crows off the top of the corn tower which i screwed up like six times you know right right they had you doing chores yeah i'm like where is this going and like and like mary was reading like the the faq on this right and and then she's like now you gotta milk the cows i'm like you're kidding me she's like yeah i was not gonna be surprised if there's gonna be a cow milking minigame at the end here you know so uh, I mean, and I get why they did this because as I'm playing this, is even though I'm tired, I'm like, this is going on way too long. This is normal life. Something bad's going to happen. Yep. And then when the law shows up, and just like it's it's an actual really badass ending of him in the barn, opening out, looking out, seeing that there's too many guys, and you get that one last chance to try to use your your uh, slow motion shooting ability, but you only have so many shots, mm-hmm. and then you just get gunned down. It's like actually really cool but yeah. then he plays the sun for like a mission which th- they don't tell you that there's missions left like right like well you can go finish some of his little side missions that aren't prevalent to the story yeah but like if you don't go find that guy in mexico you could just play that game forever yeah so like i didn't know this and uh, so you're right you could pick up and finish all the other little side stuff that you have which i thought that's what they were going to do it's like oh the torch has been passed you can finish the rest of the stuff as the sun I go wandering into the main town and I see a little question mark. I'm like, I've not seen this one before. And the guy's like, oh yeah, the guy that's, you know, that was the, the former crime guy here, that the crime fighter, yeah, he he retired. And it's like, oh shit, I get to exact vengeance. Mm-hmm. And so went down to his house, which is like half the map away. Then yeah. his wife's like, oh, he's down in Mexico fishing with his brother. So I'm like, another half a map away. Right. And then I get down to the brother. He's like, oh, he's just down the creek. I'm like, so help me God if I get down to that creek. It's like, oh no. <laughs> He's all the way back at the beginning where you started at. I was going to throw that <laughs> controller out the window and be done with you this game. You start riding by like all these like Hawaiian people. Like how the f- how yeah. did I get this yeah. far? It's like I'm sorry, this guy's in Canada. That you have to buy that expansion pack. Like I was expecting that to happen. So it was an amazing game. I really liked it. Some of the music in that game is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Some of the set pieces, like Rockstar, is. <laughs> From what I've played at Rockstar, they're really good at giving you some of everything, but like, but not like one thing that's spectacular. Like the shooting in that game isn't great, but it's better than GTA. Yeah. Um. But it's just the feel of it, the research that went into it, the look of the game was phenomenal for being six years old, um, and being made for like mid to late generation of like, well, actually mid like PS3, Xbox 360. 
like lifespan. It still holds up. If you guys have not played it, I know it just ruined the ending for you. The last hour is a little slow, but otherwise, an amazing game, and it's off my list. It's it's cheaper than uh, what is it, forty grand a day for Westworld? Yeah, which I I made the joke that I was going to be playing this game like I was in Westworld, and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to even do that. It's just like I'm just kind of <laughs> just start decking John Marson out in ball black. Yeah, right, and <laughs> just running around like. <laughs> Yeah, so good game, I'm, and I'm glad Joe didn't ruin the ending for me. I, I had a feeling that, like, in all these type of stories, um, the bad guy that turned good that has tried to find redemption. Well, I'm glad it's I not going to be an, it's not going to be an easy way out, and so it's kind of tropey that he still had to kind of not pay for his sins, but be screwed over one last time. Yeah. You know, that was a good game, great G- game, good game. Sorry, Can't ten wait. minute discussion. I apologize. Hopefully, you guys can feel my frustration. Then it was like 11:30 at night, <laughs> right? And I was tired. I was tired from watching the movies, (laughs) playing this game. Like, I'm 38. I shouldn't be spending my entire Sunday doing this kind of stuff. Like, I should be doing, like, adult things, I guess, but I'm not really doing adult things. Like, Paul, why are you so tired? I just sit on the couch all day and watch movies and play video games. I don't know what's wrong with me. Then I watched the Westworld finale, which was, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. And so I'm, like, I'm going to bed at, like, 1.30. Uh, Sunday night, and I have to go to work the next day. I am just a zombie. And if, if someone asks me why, it's like, well, I was watching the movie about robot cowboys and then played a cowboy game for eight hours, then watched a TV show about robot cowboys. I, I just, I, you know, I don't know. That doesn't feel like a legitimate conversation to be had with anybody. Yeah, that would be a weird conversation. Anyway, um, sorry. That, I just right. had to get that out. So, it, you know. did you have anything you wanted? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't have anything I wanted. Man, you ate it up there. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Red Dead uh, explanation. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Good news is you won't have to hear me talk about that game probably for a little while. If we come back to Westerns at some point, I'm sure I'll end up mentioning it just in passing. Um, but yeah, so with trailers, 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 trailers. Uh, you guys know us. It wouldn't be Invasion of the Podcast without talking about Spider-Man in some fashion. Uh, right now, there was the teaser for Spider-Man, right. not the full trailer. So we're angry that tomorrow's the full trailer. Today's the full trailer. Well, today? Like tonight. Tonight. tonight before, uh, But we're not seeing it yet. We're not going to see it yet. We'll see no. it tomorrow. It'll be up on there. But So don't worry. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it next week. So we just wanted to tease our... <laughs> we, we teased. We talked about the teaser. That's how big it was. Anyway... Um, well, I posted up, uh, Transformers and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and we'll start with Transformers, because that seemed to get a lot of heat, um, as it kind of should. Uh, like, it, I, I don't really have any desire to see this one, um, and, I mean, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get critical about it or anything, but, like, why do they keep making these movies? Because they make so much money, like, uh... Yeah, I know. And, and so, the first one I like a lot... The second one's terrible for a lot of reasons, and one of them is the writer's strike. Yeah. They ruined it. And they still went forward with it, which they shouldn't have. They should have just waited to get it put back together. Well, I feel like the second one with the writer's strike, like taking that story and that movie taking such a huge dive, it gave them a green light to just kind of like be like, let's let's just keep being ridiculous. Yeah, but the third one, um, Dark of the Moon's not bad. Yeah, I didn't. The, the, yeah, the hour long fight in Chicago's a bit much at the end, but still, mm-hmm. it wasn't bad. Um, God, how does Michael Bay lock that much time down in areas for like filming? Because like an hour's worth of time in a movie filming is like a long time, especially that's effects heavy and yeah, all of that. Yeah, like um, and then the fourth one was um the one that came out like two years ago. What was that? Oh, um, uh, Extinction or something? Yeah, the um, one with the Dinobots that was Age of the, Extinction or whatever. Age of Extinction that yeah. were terribly introduced. Gosh, like that's one that 
I couldn't you know put my finger f- on why I didn't like it. Because every bit was like, this is okay, but it kept going. The I villain think. in that was pretty cool. What was his name? Lockdown? Yeah, the guy that was kind of like the, the wild card. The bounty hunter? Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't mind that, but the movie was just too damn long. And I feel like this one's going to be like, I don't know what it is with Michael Bay where he's just like, I'm going to make a three-hour movie and I'm going to beat you senseless and we're done now. Which one was it in? I think it was in the third one where they were hunting down the remaining Decepticons. And that was the second one, the start of it, anyway. No, 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 no. Not the one where that giant wheel thing popped <laughs> up and was like, oh, the Fallen's coming back. Yeah. Uh, no, it was the one where they found, like, one of the Decepticons, or maybe it wasn't the Decepticon. Maybe it was, uh, I think it might have been um, Ratchet that was on a riverboat. Do you remember that in the beginning? <laughs> I. Well, yeah, my point yeah. is, is they use, like, these goggles. like like. Oh, I think that was Age of Extinction. Yeah, okay. okay, so in Age of Extinction, like, they had, like, these goggles, and they were, like, looking for Energon signatures, and I'm like, why transform into anything? Like, like it totally ruins the whole, like, I'm a car, I'm a robot. Be yeah. like, oh, where'd that robot go? There's, like, 30 cars over here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If, if when I was a kid, if somebody, like, if I was watching, like, the first season of Transformers and the humans were, any of the humans, the military or anybody, was like, yeah, we got these night vision goggles. We can just tell that that cassette over there is one of them robots. And they'd be like, I'd be like, huh, this is stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. So the trailer, which I hope it's an okay movie. Like, I hope I can watch it and enjoy it because I, I, I hope the mythology gets a little bit bigger because I feel like they keep kind of circling back. They keep the tiptoeing around yeah. the mythology. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, well, this happened back in the past. This happened, too. I'm like, yeah. I don't understand why they have to, like, keep introducing new robots, and they can't just let these stables build. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like throughout the season of Transformers, it was, like, getting to know all these characters. Like, granted, I know they keep Bumblebee around, and they kept, like, Ironhide for, like, a movie and a half, and yeah. Ratchet for, like, two movies. But, I mean, like, you know, you had, like, all these other... Um, characters like i think prowls back i mean part of it also is toy line right you want to have new characters right right right. new toys to buy but still i mean you can keep the old ones around i mean like watching the cartoon it was like it was like okay there's like there's like 12 autobots all back at teletran one and then like you had the decepticons go off to god knows where i don't know decepticon two like i don't even know (laughs) what i don't know know what their base was called if somebody knows what the the decepticons base was called let us know i can google it but um like well, it was like Reno, Reno. Like, so they they just went back to Reno. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, they, like they had, they had like the same guys popping up all the time. So you kind of got a little more familiar with them. Like you get all these new Autobots and new Decepticons, and you're just like, is this guy like a important guy, or does he just happen to be a tank and he's tough? Yeah. What so. if they introduce Rodimus Prime in this movie? I heard they're supposed to. Really? I was making a joke. That's terrible. No, no, no. I heard they're supposed to because, like, I've heard there's concept images and stuff. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention was that there's a cover of uh, the Flaming Lips. Do you realize in this in this trailer? And Joe told me something that hurt me deeply when we watched the trailer that he does not like the Flaming Lips. I uh, does not like that song. I don't like this cover. I don't know why it's in there, other than the fact that the song "Do You Realize" is on the album Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. So if they're teasing Pink Robots, then oh, I might be in. Like RC. Yeah, that's just a whole bunch of them. That's you know. Whatever. No, RC was in. Uh, she was in one of the movies. Was she? I, yeah, she was a motorcycle. That's yeah. Yeah, I, they like half-assed her. Sure. I mean, I, like you're one right, of the only female. Uh, didn't they have three motorcycles? There was like three females. Yeah, there was RC, and there was like another one, or they all formed RC. I Something don't remember. Like that, yeah, 
See, they all like as much as we talk about all the Marvel movies and keep everything straight and we love them. Like, I really, really, really want to like Transformers. And I remember being so excited for that first movie. Yeah, me too. And loving like the look of it and everything was awesome. And now it's like it's such a like a muddled mess that I don't care. And it breaks my heart. It's like, oh, we're going to have explosions for 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that trailer's up. Good luck with it. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I wish, I understand you, you can't really make these movies without human elements, but I wish they could do a good job of separating the two for certain scenes. Like, I don't need Shia LaBeouf or Mark Wahlberg dancing around Megatron and Prime's feet as they fight to the death. Yeah. Like. You're right. I, I agree with that completely. I don't need Bumblebee peeing on. Um, uh, John Turturro. John Turturro. Yeah, I don't need that. It was kind of funny, but I don't need that. We need more Bernie Mac, though. Can we can we reanimate him? Can we bring oh. him back? Uh, yeah. All right. Bernie Mac's coming. All right. So next trailer, um, uh, Guardians Volume 2. Woo-hoo. Uh, Joe's now watched this 7,000 times. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, even though nothing about this movie seems that much different than the first one, I want more of it. Like, like that trailer the, was so, like, enjoyable. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they nailed all the characters spot on, like, when I was... We were watching it, like I was telling you, like, I'm like, I can't wait to watch this. I love all these guys. Yeah. So. And uh, again, with uh, the baby Groot, which Marvel now has a license. To pr- they already had a license to print money. Now they have. Yeah. Like, there's been there's been rumors that, like, James Gunn was like, oh, I'd love to do just a Rocket and Groot um, spinoff film. That would be great. But I love in the trailer where it shows baby Groot on top of Rocket's shoulder and mm-hmm. Rocket's firing guns. It's, like, very much like a callback to the first movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just and hearing uh, Fox on the run like it's just like I know we knew there's going to be more 70s music in this movie, but that's a good fun song to use for this. Plus, trailer. like the upbeat song, like the way that they cut that trailer, it was like, so exciting and fun. Like, you know, Drax is like trying to cut his way out of the <laughs> uh, what is that thing? The Abolet or Abolisk or something like that. Um, and then uh, the whole conversation with Rocket and Groot is hilarious. Yes. Um, I think that that Groot is like like the baby Groot dancing was like that really kind of like broke or um, uh, had a lot of people like fall in love with it. I don't even want to know how the next level that this little baby Groot is going to do. Right. Running around in the Ravager gear and like chasing people and yelling at them. And and he's still effective. He's still doing the Groot things, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Like, I mean, I was already excited, but like it's just good to see more of it. I like how Peter Quill is getting more and more of like a porn star hairdo and mustache. (laughs) I don't know why, but it just feels very appropriate. Um, What did you what did you think of Mantis? Uh, for the brief second, I like that. I mean, she's kind of the the equalizer, right? Like, uh, there's not going to be any secrets around her. So mm-hmm. I think that will be interesting to see what happens. I'm interested to see how they do her origin because she's she's her origin. She's human, but she has like powers, and I think they're going to switch that up and they're going to make her like more cosmic. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has the antenna. Is that- yeah, she has the antennas, and she's Asian. Like, I think she's she's Korean German in the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the fact that you have like basically like a human lie detector. Yeah, like there. I think that will be. They'll be. And fun. Drax is like completely like. I don't think he hides anything. So I like the fact he's just like yeah. He's like do me next. Like he just does not care if anybody knows everything. Like I love yeah, it. it's like I think it's funny how like Drax is just so serious at times, but like when he wants to have fun, it's like this is not how you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Fun trailer. I was gonna say take notes, Warner Brothers. However. I will say that the last Suicide Squad trailer was actually pretty good with uh, using Bohemian Rhapsody, which I wonder where they got the inspiration from. Mm. Yeah. So I they shot out too many songs in that movie. If they would have scaled it back about five songs and stretched them out longer, it probably would have been better. It's funny you say that honest trailers just did their takedown of uh, 
a Suicide Squad, and mm-hmm. they said it feels like someone was flipping through a playlist, and they they, they kind of zip through the movie where you hear all the music jumps, like it was like eight in a row, yeah. like it was so true. But but yeah, anyway, Guardians Two is great. Transformers Seven Thousand, I don't know. We'll guess we'll see. Um, and Spider Man, we just mentioned that in passing. He has wings. It's awesome. That's all. You know, he has the glide wings, very much like old school Spider Man. And that's yeah. So that's it for trailers. Um, I want to mention also. Uh, Sega has announced a TV deal. Sega. Where, <laughs> Sorry, I had to yeah, do that. Where they're going to bring Altered Beast and Streets of Rage into into making them TV projects. This I don't is either, know how the hell you could do that. This that is either the worst idea or the best idea. <sighs> yeah. Because like, I really don't... Like, Streets of Rage, yes, there's there's material you could kind of, like, work with. Like, there's a little bit of, like, molding that could be done. But Altered Beast was just, like, two dudes in their underwear running through the graveyard picking up, like, power-up balls that, like, made them stronger. You've already sold me. I kind of want to see that. No, I just think... <laughs> Altered Beast would be... If they went and did more of the mythology of someone becoming the monster to fight the monster, yeah. that'd be okay, I guess. I guess you could do that, and you could do a lot of, like, wear-monster things. And- yeah. I just don't know where that's how that's going to happen. I mean, I just want to know how those orbs are going to come out. Where are those going to play into? Yeah. Um, like, what is it? What is that thing? What's that ball spinning around? <laughs> Grab it. Oh, my God. I'm so much muscular. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm buff now. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, I mean, Ultra Beast never had the greatest story. It was always the fun part was trying to get them to the level so you could become a monster. Right. And then it was always a different monster. It was always a werewolf, a dragon. So I don't know what else was there. I never got that much further in the game. I think I got to the dragon. That was it. Yeah. I think it's like some of those platformers. It's like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I know the first two levels. Yeah. That's it. I couldn't tell you how to get past that speed bike level on Battletoads. Nope. <laughs> and then Streets of Rage. This feels more like a grindhouse movie that needs to happen. I know we talked about I think we talked about this a while ago about how Double Dragon should just be the beginning of a movie. Someone walks up, punches a girl in the face and this takes her away. And the two guys are like, hey, that's my girlfriend. Let's go fight everybody. Streets of Rage is just like, hey. We're all angry at this like mob guy. Hey, mayor, former mayor, that's all buff. Like, because you, know, you know who was his name? H- Hannigan or H- Hagar? Hagar. Wasn't that was it? Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. Yeah. I thought that was. Uh... Or is that Final Fight? That's Final Fight. Oh shoot. See, yeah. Either way. Yeah, uh, Final Fight was Capcom, and Streets of Rage was not Capcom. Oh, okay. Well, almost the same game. But Hagar was the mayor. He was the mayor. Yeah. In, uh, uh, Final Fight. Mike Hagar. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Streets of Rage. I just want to see. I want them to do this more like Kung Fury. I think that'd be great, over the top, but super serious with the characters. That'd be fun. Also, turkey legs on the ground every so often. Yeah, that'd be great. Hagar is also an ex- excellent example example of why you should not skip leg day, <laughs> because that dude is like oh. so top heavy. Like, I, I apologize. He's like he's like a seven foot tall dude with like ridiculously long legs that are not developed at all. No, I, I apologize. I'm I'm fighting some kind of disease um, plague, and if I cough, I apologize. So that unfortunately, when I laugh, I'm going to start coughing. So we're going to have the, the least funny show going forward. <laughs> I can't make you laugh. Yeah, you, you can make me laugh. All right. Um, all right. So, so yeah. one last story. Yeah, secret story. Secret story. Oh, it's right. only a secret because I don't know what it is. It like, is. A lot of these stories, when we do anything, we like pre-plan and we talk about them. And then Paul's always like, I see him like right on the notes, like secret story. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. Here's the headline. Police. Woman tried to use pizza as ID to enter town bar. All right. This huh. is in Anhurst, uh, Massachusetts. Police in Massachusetts say a woman tried to use a slice of pizza as a form of identification to get into a college town bar and was and slapped the bouncer when he refused her entry. 
Like she just I want to know right? how that took yeah. place. Like I seriously want to know how the pizza was presented. Uh, the owner of the Monkey Bar, that's the name of the bar, wow. um, tells the Boston Globe that a parent college student had attempted to hand the bar's bouncer a slice of pizza she had purchased at a nearby shop as proof of her legal age last week. It sounds like she was just trying to bribe him to get in. Yeah, that doesn't sound like like yeah. I'm drunk or stoned and I need to, I'm trying to tell you that this is... This is my ID. Yeah. So she allegedly became aggressive and a nearby police officer got involved. So I was maybe like, that pizza was really damn good. And she was offended. Yeah. So I just like, I, how would you feel, Paul, if like somebody was bouncing and you're like, hey, I'm going to go get some Angelo's. And then you go over and you're like, would you like some Angelo's pizza? And they're just like, no, you can't get in here. You'd be like, this is the most delicious this is the pizza. Best, best pizza in the world. Son of a bitch. Yeah. You eat this and you like it. So, okay. Random question. If you had to try to get into a bar and the only way you can get in was to show proof of identification that was a food, what food would you submit to the bouncer? Be like, that's me. I'm good. Let me in. Like something that says it's Joe. Like, like, look at this. This is totally me. Can I, I would go more along the bribe line. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go. I Yeah, I'd go Angela's Pizza. I don't know what kind of food I would use. <laughs> I yeah I don't know I'd just be like I have a bag full of Taco Bell is that enough I'd be like no I'd be like it's three tacos you know whatever yeah I don't know what would I give somebody I don't know what I'd give somebody bacon yeah I think that'd work bacon like a twenty a twenty dollar bill wrapped in bacon like you they know. wrap all kind like scallops they wrap yeah they wrap steaks in bacon yeah that makes sense wrap a twenty in bacon yeah. that way there you go um so anyway I thought that was funny the bacon wrapped twenties. That's how you get in the clubs, kids. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, if that works for you, let me know. Um, all right. So that was the secret story. Uh, yeah. And now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. Bacon wrapped Hamiltons. That's what you call them. I want to have a robot just play piano for me. Yeah, and just you want the robot to learn how to play piano, and yeah. then have the piano start playing by itself. Yeah, I I don't know why I love the intro credits when the hands just like slowly back away from the, the piano. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god! Like I don't know why a, a piano playing itself is not that cool, but that part always <laughs> makes me go, he's not even playing it. <laughs> so we're talking about Westworld yeah. uh, TV series season one just wrapped up. Um, so good news is, uh, aside from this, do you know why they are called spoilers? <laughs> If you've not watched Westworld, stop listening right now because we're going to spoil probably major parts of it. Good news is it's not coming back to 2018, so you have plenty of time to come back to our whoa, show. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, breaks. Where did you find? I didn't even hear this. 2018? Yeah. No. Yeah. So we're actually going to get uh, like uh, the next season of Game of Thrones uh, uh, before we get more Westworld, which, I mean, that was expected anyway, but yeah, I know. I know. Why does it take so long to write this? What's Ed Harris doing? Nothing. Right? What's Evan Rachel Wood doing? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> um, what's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I was going to name What's Jeffrey Wright doing? What's Nothing. James Marsden doing? Not being Cyclops. Right. Uh, so. Um, it's so hard for me to take James Marsden seriously after he played Cyclops. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's weird for me because I also think of him from Enchanted. Where he, plays he was actually Prince. good in Enchanted. He was wonderful in Enchanted. Yeah. But it's like, like and also seeing him on 30 Rock, too, when he plays Liz Lemon's like, you know, boyfriend oh, in yeah, the yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, I, I love James Marsden. I do. I think and, it's like if people mention James, or Liz Lemon's boyfriend, I just immediately think of Dean Winters. And he's like, <laughs> you dummy. Dennis, dummy. <laughs> so, um, I uh, so you you wrapped up the season. Mm -hmm. I know you you weren't quick to start it until I started. I don't know if it was me talking to you about it or what. I didn't really need to. I didn't really need to get pushed to start it. I wanted to watch it. I think I just kind of. I kind of knew I would end up like getting sucked into it, like I did, and then uh, like I gave I gave it some time 
just to see how the reception came out on it. And then when everybody was just going crazy with theories, I'm like, crap, I can't watch one episode. I need, I know I need to bank some. And yeah. then as soon as I watched like four episodes, I was just like, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you you told me that your big worry about this was that I think you said to me that you're worried it's going to turn into like a, like a version of Lost, where it's just a bunch, right. a bunch of questions with no answers, and yeah. then there and then what what answers you do get don't really fit with anything. Right. And so now that we know what we know, do you still kind of feel like that's coming? No, 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 no. I felt I feel like they gave you the answers that you wanted. Like you you wanted to know about the maze. You wanted to know what the Man in Black story was. You wanted to know what Ford was up to. Um, you wanted to know. I mean, there's still a few things they didn't really, they didn't really answer that I want that I still want to know. Like, I want to know what's going on with all the information getting beamed out of the park, you know, that kind of stuff. I want to know what happened happened to Elsie and what happened to what's that one guy's the security guy's name Stubbs. Stubbs, uh, yeah, I think his name's Stubbs. That's a yeah, it's a terrible name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> um. So, but, yeah. Because I well, since J J Abrams is the executive producer on this with Bad Robot, it's like you're automatically just worried like. Man, first half of this is going to be amazing, and then when they actually have to start explaining things, it's going to get bad. And well, even the first half of the season, I was like really confused because when they were having a lot of conversations with the robots for diagnostics, it was hard for me to kind of figure out what character the actor was playing at the time. Like, was the character playing the machine, or were they playing the character that the machine's trying to play? Because they would answer questions like they knew what certain things were that were mechanical and things like that. But then they would, like, go back and, like, you know, Dolores would get scared about something or she wouldn't understand something. And it's like, eh, like, I don't understand why they flip-flop so much. Yeah, I think it was more in terms of the questions being asked. Like, if you listen to the way mm -hmm. they're directing something where if it was more diagnostic, they were very straightforward with it. And then if they're trying to see response levels, they'd ask the question a little differently. But that, I guess that gets to the point. So um, let's reset here real quick. Westworld, based on... The Michael Crichton movie from 72, 73, 73, 73, written and directed by Michael Crichton about a futuristic uh, theme park that people can go to and go and, and experience the old West uh, for all its um, glory and, and sin and all of that. It's supposed yeah. to be the ultimate vacation. And I, I heard in the movie, they said, spare no expense. Did you hear that? Yes, yeah. I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I love that. Because, um, I mean, if, if you don't know who Michael Crichton is, he, he wrote Jurassic Park. He wrote Congo, Sphere, Andromeda Strain. Um, timeline. It, timeline. If you ever seen, uh, was it the 13th Warrior? Yeah. That's Eaters of the Dead. Eaters of the Dead. That's yeah. his book. Um, but the Westworld never was a novel. Like he just, he decided to jump right into, um, uh, movies like with Westworld and he wrote and directed it. Um, it holds up pretty well for a sci-fi. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good and God, Yul Brenner is the gunslinger, like watching it. Like if you have, if you've never seen it and you watch it, like you can see his influence on so much pop culture, like everything from predator to the terminator, um, I'm trying to think like what else I read was like like influence from Westworld just being like one of those sci-fi um, uh, groundbreaking films. And he yeah, he's the gunslinger and his whole role is to be an antagonistic in the park. Yeah. And he was basically supposed to be an asshole and and, and draw people out to, for action. And then whenever 
things started going a little sideways and he had no repercussions for his actions. He was just full on just the way he carried himself and how direct he was. Mm-hmm. And I read, I guess, I don't know how true this is or not, but I guess Schwarzenegger did watch his acting yeah, I read that to pick too. up the Terminator, how he would just kind of just be relentless. Well, the whole time and, I'm watching it, I'm like, this dude's a Terminator right yeah, now. Like, he, he is a robot that is on his way to kill a target and nothing's going to stop him. Mm-hmm. He is Cyberdyne Systems, like well, you know, 1000 or whatever. There's... um. Those contacts that they used, I know they had to use those real sparingly because he had the those silver, those silver yeah. eye contacts, which were really interesting. They add, definitely added a cold depth to him. Uh, but I, I really liked Westworld, the movie. Um, I and, and I was hoping for a lot of things in the TV show. Like in the movie, they don't just have Westworld. They have Medieval World and Roman World. Uh, there are other theme parks that you can go to, which they are what they sound like. Um <laughs> At the end, then the finale, you get you get a glimpse at Samurai World that they're in the TV series. In the TV series, they're they're training samurai, and you go into there's a room that they go into where there's an SW logo. So I'm guessing it's going to be Samurai World because they're all samurais in there fighting and practicing. Yeah. So um, did you get did you get the reference though, like from Future World from that though? Yeah, I did. like I thought that was so that was one of the things in Future World where I'm just like, the hell did these samurai come from? Yeah, like just. It, yeah, so we're we're kind of jumping all over the place. So I do I do apologize for that, and and I really got a cough. So bear with me. I, nothing funny was being said, though. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'm getting so choked up about Westworld. Um, the movie, the original movie, as a source material, I think is amazing in terms of like its ideas is so far ahead of its time, and clearly you see Crichton coming back to that over and over again because Westworld was his idea for this, you know, like theme park, you know, and and you have this crazy infrastructure to create experience, and then that clearly um, informed him wanting to do Jurassic Park, and then that also informed him wanting to do Timeline. So, and I know I made the joke before, I'm like, I don't know who didn't take him to a park as a kid, but he keeps coming back to this idea. I think he might have gone to a park and just yeah. kind of just been blown away by it. Yeah, but then, like, you also have the, the, I don't know what drew him to the Old West as the main point of this, even though I, I guess maybe each three of those worlds have their own form of debauchery in, in the movie, and that makes sense to me, uh, just that... And I, I feel like now the old West is so romanticized as like you could get away with whatever you want, you know, that it doesn't matter because the law is always off the distance. So frontier law. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's an interesting idea to be like, you're going to feel your most free and most decadent by going back a hundred years, you know? So, and I liked, um, Oh, James Brolin. That was the, like the lead in Westworld. Did he not look like Christian Bale the entire time while watching the movie? Kept, yeah, it was I, yeah. really weird. I kept expecting Batman voice to come I out of him. That. <clears throat> but it was him and his buddy, who his buddy's a total, total just like dork, and he ends up becoming like the hero of the movie. Um, but they're just wandering around, and it's just like, do you want to do a bar fight? Yeah, let's do a bar fight. Oh, look at that, Dick Van, Dick Van Patten's here too as the sheriff. Sure, why not? Like that bar fight in the middle of the movie was really odd. Like then, and Dick Van Dick Van Patten's character, you never saw him again. The rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't. I think the bar fight was like what you would have in the show that would be considered just like a like a like a like a very generic um, narrative. Like you know, you you go to the west, you're gonna have bar fights. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the movie was good. I mean, it it definitely is from the early '70s, so it does not. I don't know if it's aged well in terms of its presentation. There was some odd music choices. There were some odd camera choices. But the concept's okay. I feel like it would have benefited more from having more of your British character showing him, like, be more of an uh, antagonist in the first half of the movie, like, always kind of being there. Like, like basically, what if it was, like, 
they had the guy show up at the park. It's like, oh, you got to pick, you got to pick your um your nemesis. It's like, yeah, that guy. Like, why not? Like, and then he locks onto him, and he, you're going to find him every so often at the park. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And um, but yeah, he was he's the reason to watch that movie. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. And then I was a little disappointed to see him in Future World. Honestly, <laughs> what was that? What like, was that moment in Future World? Like. <laughs> So, Future World, as I'm chowing down on cough drops here again, I apologize. Um, Future World's a sequel, not written or directed by Michael Crichton. That's a key key thing, is that the story's not his. And it's supposedly about Delos Corporation um, relaunching their, their um, crazy parks, and they want to bring the press in to show them how much safer they are now. Like, Westworld's no longer functioning. Which, it sounds a lot like Jurassic World, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they bring in Peter Fonda who for someone that's so serious about finding the truth, every other scene he's out having fun. I don't understand what's going on with that. Where he's like, I got to get to the truth, but I'm going to go play some weird 3d chess for a while. I'm going to do some boxing for a while. Like the boxing was so weird. <laughs> the, the chess was weird too. Cause it's yeah. like, it was supposed to be this 3d chess board. They're playing it like, like a tabletop game and it's actors dressed up in red and yellow. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, it's a hologram. It's not a hologram. It's, a hologram. No. it's a dude on a horse. <laughs> yeah. And they just shrunk it to scale. It yeah. was, it was interesting how they it, did that. And, uh, Blythe Danner who, uh, I don't think she was terrible in this movie. I just think they gave her nothing to do. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. Is that, is that who that is? Yeah. That's Gwyneth oh, Paltrow's okay. mom. Um, she's also supposed to be investigating this too. Um, but there's a bit where they, for some reason, Future World becomes a lot like um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where every time they turn around, it's like, let us show right? you this new tech. Right. And yeah, like they keep going off on like these little like adventures, and then they run into somebody, and and then like uh, the two guys, the two Delos representatives, like one of them's a scientist, the other one's kind of like the corporate guy. They're like, hey, what are you doing here? And they're like, sorry, we're not yeah. supposed to be here. And they're like, <laughs> let's get you back to your rooms. And then like finally, they do something about it. Like they're snooping around too much and then like samurais just magically teleport yeah peter fonda presses some buttons on a console and then somehow he digitizes samurais into existence i don't yeah, know how that i don't like, know that but, is that is a weird production facility but they just they just they just teleport and then these samurais are basically like security guards with katanas and they start coming after them and i'm yeah. like finally i'm like this is a bit much but finally <laughs> they're getting some security on these reporters yeah um and then you you, you find out that delos is basically uh trying to turn these people into um uh hosts to send into cyborgs or whatever into cyborgs them, in yeah. the real world because uh, there's other people there there's like um like foreign dignitaries foreign dignitaries yeah. there's like corporate uh people yeah uh, the, the idea is like <clears throat> entice them with the the, the 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 theme park that way they stick around a long time so you pick up all the genetic information their makeup their look and then you can recreate them perfectly and then send that out into the world for your agenda. Yeah. But there's a bit where they get Blythe Danner and they just, they put her in, in, in um, Cerebro basically. Like, this yeah, big, that's the first thing this I big thought chair of. chair with like, like... an umbrella and a hat. I don't know what it is. And it's like, Oh, when you go to sleep, we'll be able to see your dreams. She's like, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. That is like, you don't want anybody seeing your dreams. Even if as innocent as they are, they're always going to be something stupid. It's right. Like, you don't want anybody yeah. in your head. And yeah. she has, she just willingly. So she has this dream. And then like somehow in the dream, Yul Brenner's character, the gunslinger, shows up, and but he's not like he's not the same character. I felt like the, the, I, it's it's a romantic dream, and so they do this big dance and all this other weird right. stuff, and it's Did, just like <laughs> it's like wait no, it's like I don't understand what's like 
why did you do this? I don't know what happened. Like that's I think a part where I kind of fell asleep and then restarted watching it. Like I because I you felt, don't know this, but I was watching you dream about Future World the entire time while you were sleeping. I mean, did you did you like how that they were just kind of like they they were like okay, we want you to play two of your most beloved characters, the gunslinger and then the the king from the King and I. Yeah, like it was like what is going on? And then turns out that was actually his last movie he did. Yeah, and it's like really it had to be. Uh, you had to be in Future World, but it's like, why didn't you? Why didn't Dale's Corporation say, again, I'm rewriting a movie that's like 30 years old. Like you just like if you do this whole thing of, um, oh, you brought um, <clears throat> you brought these reporters here. Oh, Westworld's been shut down for years. We'll let them go investigate. Then you activate him again to hunt them down. That would have been cool. Like you would have had him all over a broken Westworld, chasing Peter Fonda down. That would have been interesting. Nope. They went the other direction. It was like, oh, we're going to make some good robot usses. Sorry, evil robot Oh, that's exactly what it was. It was like Bill and and Ted, too. Yeah. And then they they, they fight their evil robot usses and clearly win. And then the... the, (laughs) Not clearly win, but they win. And then the catch at the end of the movie is Delos thinks that it's the robots leaving leaving the park. Yeah. Like they don't have a way to be like, hold on. I got this little like, like remote control robot. Nope. Yeah. What are you doing? Or a metal detector. Yeah. Metal detector. (laughs) They just have no way. So, so then they leave and as they're leaving and getting on the train, like Peter Fonda turns and flips him the bird and then runs and gets on the train. And that's like his victory pose. It's like, screw you, (laughs) science. It's like like credits. And it's like, you could just picture like, like the Delos, like reps just kind of doing one of the, like the Scooby-Doo. If he was wearing a hat, he would throw it on the ground, step on it out of anger is what he would have done. It was like like a Yosemite Sam type thing. He'd be like, darn it, darn it, darn it. Yeah. It was very like, but so I will say this much about future world other than it being shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's it's bad. It's it's like I would only watch it again with friends, like in drinks, because there's enough weird stuff in it to have fun with, mm. like the games and the. I different, feel like, like like why would they get on a rocket ship to pretend they're going to space? Like there's a whole thing too. It was weird, you know. Like, I feel like if you're a fan of the show, watch Westworld the movie. It holds up. You'll enjoy it, hopefully. And you should watch Future World only for fun and get like drunk with your friends and just have a good time. Except one thing, and that is. The guy who runs Dalos Corporation, or like the mad scientist guy, like he basically tells the reporters, all the guys in our work are on our control room are hosts. Mm-hmm. So they recreated them to be workers in the park, and that sets the whole stage for anybody become can become a host. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an idea that they pulled directly into the show. Yeah, and that's they did. a good idea. And it also lays the groundwork for. Like if one of the you know like the, what's stopping them from enacting the same plan of like bringing people in yeah just to copy them and get like their influence out there. Well, I thought like when they killed Teresa, I thought that like because when Bernard kills her, like you see that that um, host being made in the background. Yeah, and I thought that that was going to be the replacement for her almost like a pod person thing where kind of like, like a pod, yeah kind of yeah. like a pod person like maybe not necessarily like that was the actual plan but now that she's down there i could use that host to make her you know replace her like that but that probably that probably take time so <laughs> i don't know how long does it take the 3d print a person i don't know i don't know i've yeah. never made one yeah right um so uh so that i so future world has that idea i feel like i feel like uh, jonathan nolan which I'll get back to him in a second. Lisa Joy, the people that are the, the co-creators and writers of the the season, um, they 
they uh, liked. They, it's almost like you look at all these toys that you have from the, the first movie in the future world and be like, I like this. I like this. But let's like actually like think about it. And how would this function? Mm-hmm. And I give them credit, which is probably part of the reason why it's not coming back to 2018. They want to be methodical and get this right. I don't think also, they I think a lot of stuff got like picked apart on the internet because like the theory that the man in black was William that started like after the yeah. third or fourth episode. And, and and to be fair, like I I was kind of one of those people like I don't want that to happen. I didn't like, right. but then I started looking at everything and reading. It, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's part of the reason why like. I think Westworld's interesting. Well, I think it's worth watching. I don't know if I've been enjoying it as much as I could be because I feel like there should be people out there that are overthinking it and ruin some of the surprises for me. And I think it's my own fault for reading some of that stuff. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have read some of those. I don't know why they were posted everywhere. Like the one with the one that everybody was like, Oh, Bernard's a host. I'm like, No, he's not. And then <laughs> they're like they're like, He's Arnold. And I'm like, He's definitely not Arnold. And then I'm like He's the smoke monster. He's Damn definitely it. not the smoke monster. Yeah, he's monster. definitely not the pepper monster, the smoke pepper monster from Lost. I'm like, how did he get here? Yeah. And then they don't explain it. They're just like, he's here. Yep. And that's Lost World. Is the and other, he's the gone. Lost World. The Lost Look world. at that. Michael Crichton, Whoa. mind blown. Oh. That's going to be the other world that you don't know about. J.J. <laughs> Abrams yeah. twisting things. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I really, really did love, and I don't think a lot of people talk about it enough, is the music in that show. Oh, yeah. The pianos. So there was a piano in the saloon. Yeah, player piano. And it played it played modern songs, which now I'm guessing... Now I, I read an article somewhere that said that they figured out when the timeline takes place, and I think it's like 2054. Okay. That's when I think... Because they showed like some footage from... Because they did... like If you went to... Uh, um, what's it called? Um, their website because they had a viral website or like okay. an interactive like you could actually book a trip to Westworld and stuff like that and go through the little steps. Sorry, uh, and go through like the little steps. And um, like one of the footages that you could find because you would talk to like this this host that was like an AI for the website okay. and you could ask it all kinds of different questions. Well, pe- are you a sex model? That's what they would ask in Future <laughs> World. It's okay. I'm a sex model. It's like what anyway? Right. Yeah. And um. Somebody found like like some Easter egg thing, but it showed like a footage being recorded, and it had the year set. It was like it was the date, but the year actually was set like twenty fifty four or something like that. Okay, but um. Anyway, back to the music. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on that long tangent just to explain the year when it took. I place. took ten minutes to talk about Red Dead Redemption. We're good. So, um. But they played. Uh, I know they played Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Yeah, and this is all on a piano in a saloon in a western. That is playing itself essentially with the reels. Yeah, that roll through, and, and they, they actually found a guy that actually can uh, not program, but actually make those reels. Mm-hmm. And they've asked him to write the accompaniment for all those songs. Yeah, and he's actually went on a couple of interviews saying this is harder than it sounds like it, it is to come up with this for just a piano. Mm-hmm. To, and it's like so he actually makes the reels that they play. And that's pretty awesome. So it's not like a guy playing it and then they just overdub it. No, he actually, oh, wow. he actually. However, they punch those wheels out or the yeah. the ribbons or whatever they do for the player. Well, they piano. did. They did Black Hole Sun. They did Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones, and they did uh, plastic song. fake fake plastic. Um, what was it? Fake plastic trees for Radiohead. Yeah, by Radiohead. Yeah. And then there's also a cover of Nine Inch Nails song called um, is it something I could never have. Yeah, I think so. That they played during that one hedonistic scene, and like that was like the scene was weird, but that song, like when I heard that the violin hit, I was just like, "Ooh!" I'm like, they put Nin in in Westworld, yeah, and it sounds really good. It it feels like, and this it reminds me so much of Bioshock Infinite Mm -hmm. in that way, where they want you 
to feel the familiar in an unfamiliar place, like, or, or I should say the unfamiliar in a familiar place, but it's like in Bioshock Infinite, which was also set in like 1910, oddly enough, uh, but with the city in the sky, anyway, not Westworld, Skyworld, uh, and uh, the, all the music there, there was a lot of modern day music, but that was recreated back in those times. Like there was a barbershop quartet doing God Only Knows, and there was someone playing a calliope that was playing Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And like it's just really cool stuff. And so yeah. the moment I heard the music in the first episode, like like anything else about that episode was great, but that got me. I don't know what it is about that. I was like, I'm in. Well, it's cool when you hear it. It's just it's just the right amount of member berries where <laughs> you're like, oh my god, that's Black Hole Sun. Like yeah. that's so weird to hear it in that context of a saloon. You know. Yeah. So and and also um, a little side tangent in the first book of the Dark Tower by Stephen King, there's a saloon there that um, when Roland walks in someone's playing Hey Jude on a piano and it's something about that doesn't make sense either, you know, about that. So it's like, I don't, I think everybody's kind of like pulling everything from everywhere and being like, we're going to put this in the show. It's going to be badass. The music's amazing though. And the scoring is like, I want to get the score. Um, no, I, I love it. Um, but so there's a lot about the show. I like, I just don't know if I, I have a hard time loving it right now because I feel like other people are jumping in and ripping it apart. Not, not in a bad way, but they're deconstructing it so much. that it's like, can we just get, can we just get a story experience? Because I think people are so eager to try to figure out the mystery. They want to be first. Yeah. And so they're going to throw all these so, theories against the wall, and it's kind of hard well, the to only parse theory, that out. The only theory that I actually came up with that wasn't true, I mean, <laughs> well, other than the multiple timelines, because I picked up on that right away, um, but is I thought that the maze was going to be either some type of gateway to one of the other theme parks that was being creative and that, and created, and that was Ford's new narrative. Like, he was, you know, they're like, why is he pulling all these resources? Like, I felt like he was going to introduce medieval world or Roman world. Because, like, in the movie, you got, uh, um, what's his name's character? Uh, Benjamin something, the guy that Yul Brenner's chasing. Yeah. Um, Looks like Adam Scott, kind of. He does look like Adam <laughs> Scott. Uh, but he he goes, he like, he's running from Yul Brenner all through Westworld, like, down a creek. And eventually, you see him pass through a creek. And there's like a broken uh, Roman bust. And he just kind of like wanders into Roman world. Like they don't separate them really. Yeah. So I was thinking that Ford was going to be starting another theme park and they were going to kind of overlap. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you were going to flip between Roman world and West world, like for different story arcs. And you were going to have like Dolores play a different character in Roman world, but it's like the same model. And, you know, that's what I kind of thought it was going to go for, but it didn't. Well, well, I mean, it's, it's as good as theory as any, right? Like with anything else was going yeah. on, right? Um, but I, I, so I, I don't know. Like I feel like people are so eager, and I, I do it to myself because I read reviews of the show. I read like really well thought out reviews um, about it. So everybody's kind of art. So people, these people are getting paid to overthink, and I feel like because this is the first big, big sci fi thing that people jumped onto that is not based on a book mm -hmm. that they can't. There's no source material other than a movie that. It's like roughly based on, but you can't pull too much truth out of the Westworld film and pull it forward and be like, oh, what what was the secret in that movie that we don't have here other than like, oh, towards the end of that, the control room got all goofy and people got trapped. Well, guess what happened in season one? Like you, you know, and also you, you had the like this room full of like robot doctors. They're all like, oh, well, things are kind of bad at the park, but they'll be OK. And it was like this weird discussion about like, well. The people will be safe. It's like, no, no, no. They're like, snakes are attacking people. Snakes aren't supposed to attack people. That's nah, fine. I was also waiting for that. Like, other than, like, you know, when Maeve was killing and attacking people, I was waiting for the 
just the turn, like in the park, like a guest gets killed. Yeah. Like that never happened, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so also, that's just to mention here, like uh, how do you feel about, like I get that guests in the park are going to be like, I can do whatever mm-hmm. I want. So I'm going to stab a dude in the hand. I don't care. I'm going to go to Pariah and do things that I, you know, I can't ever tell anybody about. Like <laughs> set to Nine Inch Nails music. Um, I could do whatever. I could cut a guy's head off and be like, there's a maze under here. I don't know. But <laughs> when you're working, <laughs> it's a free prize inside. But when you're working in the the Delos building, which I don't know how big that building is. I don't either. It, it, it might as well be Black Mesa. I have no idea how I, big this building is. I also don't understand why everything gets done in secret there and everything's glass walls. Yeah, everything's everything's done in secret. Everything's glass walls. And hey, if you're just like, hey, are you guys done with this this one host? Like, yeah, well, I'm going to go diddle it in this other room over here. Just don't look at me while I have my headphones on. With what the glass, kind of workplace is that? With the glass walls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what just, like, and, and, and the coworkers are just like, yeah, we know you're going to go do something. It's just like, yeah, catch you guys later. It's like, no, there has to be an HR rep that you go to me. Like, you know, Billy's touching the robots again. You <laughs> can't do that. touching the robots. You know, like, I don't know. It was just weird. You know, it's like, I think by that point in the season, since we've seen like, so much sex just, going on that we just didn't think twice about what it. What happened? I got fired. For what? I was rubbing my junk on a keyboard at work. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's the equivalent of that. That's the equivalent of that. It's like robot company property sitting in the corner. You don't go and have sex with it. It's like, hey, Paul, how how is that uh, seasonal job at Kohl's? It was great. I could touch all the mannequins all the time. It's like, no, <laughs> you don't do that. But that was weird, you it, know? It and, was It was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so I do like the idea of emerging AI. I do like the idea that the AI is aware of what's going on and they have a sense of self. Um, it feels all very Battlestar Galactica to me, mm-hmm. to where there's some sympathy going on there. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I just I, it still feels kind of cold to me. But I don't know if that's by design. Like the whole thing feels a little a little arm's length to me when you watch it. Like the show, like you don't really like you kind of know the characters, but then you kind of don't because the robots obviously. The hosts have their memories wiped all the time, so they're experiencing yeah, things kind of Yeah, that's fractured. how I kind of felt with Maeve's storyline. Like, I could never really tell if, like, uh, like there was a point, like, where I where it got up to where I was just like, oh, man, she's totally broken free, Johnny Five style. She's going to do her own thing. And then, like, Bernard shows her, he's like, this is your narrative. And she's, like, reading it as it's happening. Again, And, and yeah. again, and she's just like, I, I, I'm doing this. This is under my control. Nobody wrote this for me. And he's like, clearly somebody wrote this for you. And I'm just like... Oh, so wait, maybe she's not, maybe she doesn't have free will. Yeah. So, and then at the end when she leaves, I feel like, I still feel like she didn't have free will. Because if she would have had free will, she would have stayed on there. And then supposedly those things would have blown up in her neck, like, yeah. to stop the robots from leaving the park. Kind of like Total Recall. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Which would have been really awkward on a train full of people. Uh, because I don't know how explosive that would have been. That could have no. killed everybody yeah. in there. Uh, but she gets off the train and she comes back, which could have been part of her narrative yeah. to keep her in the park, but at least kind of give her that. I don't know. I feel like free will is going to become something that's going to be talked about more and more as you go. Well, because like the whole thing with Dolores is like uh, Ford was pushing her to have a realization of self and to to ascend to the maze, right? That was the whole thing, was get to the center of the maze and have well, self-actualization. Arnold was trying to do that. I don't think Ford was. I think he was at the end. I think he, that's what he, whenever the whole thing went down, I think he was letting them all kind of wake up, I think is what he, his blast narrative was, hey guys, what's going to happen now? I'm out. You know, like Anthony Hopkins, away, you know, whatever. 
Um, Some people like they asked Jonathan Nolan. They were like, you know, they were like, is that was that a was that a host that they killed? And he's like, he's like, no, that was Ford. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just came out and said it. He's like, it, stop. <laughs> so and the name John Ford. John Ford is a very famous Western director, like Robert yeah. Ford. No, it's John. No, Robert Ford. Well. I'll look it up. I was wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Who knows? Uh, Joe's going to look it up right now. Yeah. But anyway, um, I want to also mention here, I know we're kind of scattershot, but how much meta commentary was going on during the entire show talking about loops and storylines and arcs and characters, how they're having these conversations about the characters in the park, but they're basically commenting on how stories work the entire time. Like, it's amazing to me how how they kind of lay out the whole storytelling process, by, but just using hosts in a park. Yeah. You know, it's very, very much like, you know, inside baseball and how stories are made. Uh, yeah, he's Dr. Robert Ford. Isn't that who killed Jesse James? Yeah, the coward Robert Ford. Yep. Okay. Interesting. So, so John Ford's a director. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Jesse James reference for that character. Yeah, there you go. Can't be on accident. Yeah. So um, I, I, I like the meta. Like, there's a lot of layers to it. Again. Well, even the end when you, you see Teddy take Dolores back to the ocean and it's like all kind of like. Like this is a little too on the nose, yeah. like, and then you find out it's all fake, and that's a narrative that you wrote. How like, would it have been? Would it have been amazing sitting Air Harris sitting in the crowd with a beret on as they turned on all the lights and they turned on the moon? It had been like, oh shit, this is the Truman Show the entire time. <laughs> like that would have been amazing, you know? <laughs> it's just the Truman Show extended. It's not just one extended, person now. It's the Dolores Show. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a little cheesy. But it kind of like I liked. Teddy, I feel like, is probably the saddest character on the show because he's so devoted and doesn't know why. And he has like this really twisted backstory because he was easily influenced. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't remember it, but he kind of does. Yeah. Like, I love Teddy. I really do. I don't like Teddy that much, but he's not, he's, not a, he's not a bad character. But I do think it's interesting how he's so easily manipulated, not just because he's a robot, but, you know, like... Um, you know, he he had uh, he had the Man in Black, which I think even though I know it's William, I still call him the Man in Black because it sounds like so much cooler. He's Johnny yes. Cash, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and then like Dol- you know Dolores getting him to do all that stuff with the Wyatt programming, so yeah, um, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's. I also feel like if you work at the park, like in terms of like being up or, like up in whatever programming, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt like the show kind of stopped caring about those characters halfway through and found ways to get rid of them. Let's just like, no, 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 no. Let's just get to the two weirdos and the, and that put the bodies back together and the one guy that's kind of sweet old Maeve. God, I couldn't um, stand those guys. Yeah. Like, either of them. Like, Felix was the Asian guy that was like, he's the one who kind of got infatuated with Maeve, and then he was the catalyst to get her going. So yeah. I feel like there's something organic about that that has nothing to do with the narrative because yeah. he's, he's, an, he's an outside factor to any type of narrative. But... um you know, and then she tried to confirm that he wasn't a host when, you know, because like he when he realized that Bernard was a host. And yeah, he's like he had that moment of freak out. He's like, like, she's like, oh, you're not a host, you idiot. <laughs> but she could have been lying to him. I don't know. That's true. Um, But yeah. And then like the, the one guy that she the one real despicable guy that 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 was part of it. I didn't understand. I understood a lot of that, but I was just like, why do these guys keep helping her? Yeah. Are they afraid of losing their jobs? Yeah, well, well, you know, well, Johnny Touchboy was over over the other corner, not losing his job. I, I don't, right, yeah. that guy was just just banging all the robots. <laughs> it's it's for quality assurance. I don't I don't know. Like but. it sounds uncomfortable and ridiculous if you say it that way. Like it's Bender or something. <laughs> like it's just like this this metal robot with clamps. Like yes, um, yeah. It just um, it, I I like the show. I just I don't know if I was like. 
it's it's challenging. It's interesting. I feel like maybe going forward, I need to not read as much about it because I need to be surprised. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we're such at a point now with information and and, and opinion that I feel like I'm like, still surprised. Well, like with Game of Thrones, people read of the books, so everyone knew it was coming to a certain point. Now all they can do is speculate, and that's fun. But there's still theories because of everything that's been before it. And then with Lost wrapping up, what was it five or six years ago when it wrapped up? Oh, no. we're Lost wrapped up in like 2009 or 2008. You sure about that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was before. Like I mean, the internet was around, no, no, no doubt, but it wasn't like you didn't. I, social media wasn't as adamant. Like it wasn't so not adamant, so out there, so you couldn't have as many people. Like like I go on Facebook, like every, after, like whenever I see like people are watching The Walking Dead, there's so much that just gets talked about. You know about The Walking Dead every single night. I feel like had Lost come out now, people would have been guessing the ending within well, the first episode. And I mean, not to not to step on our own toes <laughs> with saying that, like because we are here talking about spoilers for this show, but it's like. A lot of that stuff is blasted on a lot of news sources of things that we expect to be spoiled on. Like I go, I go to, I go to websites, and I'm just like, oh, Spider-Man trailer, cool. Yeah. I probably would not have come across this by accident. But then underneath it, they have like uh, an article about Westworld, the latest, heaviest Westworld fan theories, and then I'll be like, okay. I'll click on that, and it's my own damn fault. Yes, but it's just like then I start reading, it and I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have read that because yeah. like. The whole thing, like with with William, the the two biggest twists, I guess, would probably be that you know Bernard's a host, and William is a man in black, and there's or, and there's multiple timelines. Like when they did the William is a man in black reveal, I'm glad they did it in the middle of the episode, and they didn't have that be the the, the cliffhanger yeah. and before the credits. Um, but the thing with Bernard really hit me though. That that even though like I read that, I was I think maybe because I was in disbelief of it. I was just like, no like, way. So I didn't know that was actually coming. It was good in that episode whenever like they had the whole thing of him not seeing the door, and I'm like, okay, we know what's going on now. Yep. But I didn't know that at the mm-hmm. time. That was good. That was a good one. Um, and then then having what's her faces get destroyed. That was uh, oh, that was, that was yeah, brutal. Yeah. Like it was. I want to say the t- the tone and the emotion of the scene was brutal. It wasn't as much as like it wasn't like it was just like a, a violent like fight these, or anything. These violent delights have violent, violent ends. ends yeah. yeah, but just the way that he calmly is like cha- taking off his jacket and his tie, and you knew what was coming, and there was no way to stop it. Yeah, and she just had to sit there and watch him slowly like get ready to slam her head against the wall. So you said that you figured out multiple timelines. Now that they've kind of kind of shown their hand on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can go back to that in the second season and kind of keep well, you guessing. They talked to, was it Jimmy Simpson, who played young William, yeah. about that, and he hasn't commented or said that if he's going to be back for a second season. So it'd be interesting if they do try to tap back on that. Um, he didn't know for a while, I guess, that he was the man in black. Like He had a really good guess mm-hmm. because I guess um, uh, what's uh, Lisa Joy came up to him on set and they had to have one of the makeup guys change his eyebrows. They're oh. like, "We're gonna, we're gonna change your eyebrows." And he was like, well, "Why are you changing my eyebrows?" And they're like, oh, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> so then later on, I guess like he went to lunch with her and like some a uh, couple other people from the show. He's like, "All right, what character am I?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so he kind of figured it out that if they're like altering his his appearance, that they're trying to make him look more like another character. And I know too that from the the first the first episode was shot, and then there was a big delay in production. And at the time, Jeffrey Wright, um, playing Bernard, uh, didn't know he was um, a host until they started shooting the second episode. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, by the way, you're a host. He's like, what? Like, he just, like, you didn't know. <laughs> like, so. Um, I like Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so it just, 
I feel like they're taking this the right approach, at least that like and, and having Jonathan Nolan like when I'm talking about the, the timelines thing, I mean, I don't want them to use that as to pull the rug out from under you again. Like you can have showing like the the fall from grace that is uh, William into the Man in Black. What if it's if it's important to the story? Fine, you know. But I don't need to have like, uh oh, what's going on now? Like what? Like you've already played that once. You, I don't want to do that again. But with Jonathan Nolan being the guy who wrote Memento, like you you know he's going to come up with something else that's going to screw with you. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's a, that. So Westworld TV show is good. Um, it hasn't warmed my heart as much as like maybe Game of Thrones. Or, I love like, Westworld. Yeah, the TV show. I loved it. I, so. I, I mentally I love it. I just don't. It's maybe, I give I it five know. spaceships. Paul gives it three. I give it. I give it three and a half spaceships. I don't know what that means. Uh, Westworld the movie's okay. I give it three spaceships. Future, I give Westworld three spaceships. In Future World, I give it no spaceships. Even I though, get, even I though give, that's the only movie that has a spaceship end of it. Yeah, I'll give. Yeah, I'll give. <laughs> That one's, it has I guess spaceship. by default no. it has to have one spaceship. I would give it one and a half spaceships. <laughs> yeah, so I give it three coughs. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, please share with us your thoughts. You reactions. know what's interesting yeah. about Future World though is it's one of the first uh, movies to show um, CG animated uh, simulated image on a screen. Yeah, because they showed because it was it came out in 1976, I think. Yeah. And it showed them trying to render like the the hosts that they were like creating on a screen, and it showed like these these three D images, and it was actually done by um, the dude who went on and found Pixar. Yeah, I, that's really crazy to be like. There is one bit of future world in future world, and it's Pixar. Yep. You know, like so, yeah, so, and not future chess. <laughs> or future boxing. That boxing was weird. I know. Like, you know what's funny is we have that boxing game now. It's yeah. a lot better than that game. <laughs> like, have you Just, ever played that at Dave and Buster's? Uh, yeah. I with mean, the with the little the punch gloves and then you got to like duck and, and weave you know not, you're not just got two sweaty guys in the box acting out your fighting <laughs> right roles. Yeah. where you've got like these like like these spheres attached to like vacuum tubes yeah i like, don't know was, i'm like what kind of controllers are those yeah so I, why don't they have wi-fi in the future world i don't know it's confusing to me <laughs> um if anything, the way you take away from this is that Future World's a bad movie, but maybe you should watch it anyway. But yeah, uh, yeah anyway, let us know your thoughts, feelings. Um, you know, do you side more with Joe? Do you side more with Paul? Do you, you ready s- for Samurai World? Are you ready for Samurai? What other worlds do you want to see? I don't know. I don't know. Samurai World, I was kind of surprised. I thought they were actually just going to bust out Medieval World. Yeah. But then I feel like HBO didn't want to do that because they're like, yeah, we kind of got Game of Thrones. You can't. But it also makes me wonder if Delos is actually trying to serve another master, too. Like, that's why they like the, the guy's like, it's complicated. Like, he didn't say what was going on. Are they trying to maybe create, like, start off another franchise somewhere else? I don't know. Possibly. I, I mean, I still, with Ford's narrative, I still want to know why he had that giant earth moving machine. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. A lot yeah. of questions. Need questions. questions. All right. So here's up on our Facebook page, and we also are we have a website. Oh, we published the website. We well, pub- okay, we had a website, but we have like an actual official invasionofthepodcast.com. Yes. There's no um, like slash dot underscore dot hosted by some other site. Like we actually got a domain name, so we're official. Yeah, and we're going to be adding stuff as we go. And if if people out there know computery things. Let us know. Like that would be gratefully helpful because uh, we don't know computer things all that well. Yeah, so. we'll we'll keep it updated. I mean, we'll tell you if there's anything on it. I mean, if you want to stop back and check it every once in a while, it does get auto updated with our episodes. Um, so if you're constantly going to Stitcher or iTunes or anything like that, you can also check them out there. Um, there's a couple of fun little things there, like information about like some of our games we play and like who we are and. Uh, I think it's about it. There's a photo gallery 
of a bunch of photos that we've taken that revolve around things for the show. Yeah, so we'll we'll be adding to that. Uh, but yeah, we also have the Facebook page as well. It's Invasion of the Podcast. We are on Twitter at Invading Podcast. We're, and we have that, that uh, Gmail address, Invading Podcast Gmail. But remember, invasionofthepodcast.com. It's a lot of a lot of different things that's the richer there. So um, yeah, uh, just let us know your thoughts about Westworld, Future World, Past World, Other Worlds, who knows? Value World. I know I made that joke before the show. Um, yeah. Anyway, so now on to, I guess, it's kind of a game? Yeah, it's kind of a game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> does it involve this? A robot. A robot. No. It okay. does not involve a robot. Um, no, it involves the Green Arrow. Um, Green Arrow turned, God, I don't know, 100 and something today? Or What? Really? The character Ollie? The character Ollie. Because, well, technically the Green Arrow debuted in 1941. Um, oh, okay. The combo character and uh, Oliver Queen's comic book birthday. We're going off of that because technically Stephen Amel's Oliver Queen's birthday is May 15th, 1985, which I was like, I can't be right. I'm like, and then I looked it up. But if we're going to go by the comics, uh, Green Arrow is roughly uh, like, I mean, given given that he's probably in his 20s or 30s when he when he started doing the Green Arrow gig in the 40s, he's, he's probably about 100 years old. <laughs> so I decided... Let's do a birthday present thing. No, I should have done that. I, I feel <laughs> like I dropped the ball there because we were talking about doing more birthday presents because we didn't do one. We haven't done one since Jaws. Yeah, but, the, and Jaws' birthday was pretty pretty popular. So, uh, we'll do but what there. I did come up with is Green Arrow's a hundred years old, and it's time to find somebody to step in. So I've got nine applications here for people that want this job. Okay, and I'm going to read you off these nine. And if you want to jump out and say this is this person beforehand you can or we wait till the end doesn't matter uh, okay. and then at the end i want you to pick who you think should be the new green arrow okay so uh, application one has 11 years fighting ex- yeah, 11 years <laughs> experience fighting crime uh they are highly skilled at archery fencing swordsmanship jujitsu and other forms of combat uh wants to know if the green could be substituted for purple and often called hawking bird <laughs> So, any idea who that is, or is that Hawkeye? It is. Yeah, this okay. is one of the Hawkeyes. It's one of the Hawkeyes. It's it's Kate Bishop. Okay. So, um, uh, application two has done extensive work in the spy industry and is trained in weapons and combat. Uh, they prefer a submachine gun to a bow. They think the domino mask is pretty cool, though. Uh, they don't work well with others, but can focus on a team as long as they're the center of attention. And they also tend to make irrational decisions that can get them in trouble. The comedian. That's not the comedian. Oh wow! No. You said the domino so, mask, and yeah. no, he he uses a shotgun, not a submachine gun. He does, yeah. Gun. But okay, we'll get back. We'll get back to that applicant. Uh, application three: They have experience in using spears, swords, bows, and horse riding. Uh, they already have a green outfit, but their hair might not fit under the hood. Uh, despite lack of experience, is considered very brave. And they come from a very wealthy family like Oliver and with all, and all the drama with it. So, Oh, wow. And application four, very skilled in archery. There's a theme here, obviously. We're <laughs> looking for Green Arrow's replacement. Very skilled in archery, many, many years of bow training, has extremely keen senses, uh, much experience in saving the world, already has their own green outfit as well, uh, works well with the groups or alone, um, tends to show off a lot 
and comes from an upper class family, much like Oliver. Yep. Green outfit. That's uh, good with a bow. Rich family. I got nothing. Wow. All right. Uh, applicant five. I don't know my arrow guys. <laughs> applicant five has a military background. Uh, was once also once part of a wealthy family. So they have uh, that they. That they that they they lost all their wealth, so that's something that they can align with 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 Oliver. Um, they tend to help those in need and fight corruption, especially in law enforcement. Is that Robin Hood? That is Robin Hood, and they prefer the wilderness to the city. And they already have a disguise for fighting crime. This is Robin Hood, and they work well in a group as long as everyone is happy. Yeah, you got to be merry. Yeah, right. Uh, applicant number six is a skilled archer as well and almost went to the Olympics. Uh, they have worked with other members of the Justice League, including Batman and Superman. Uh, they have been to the afterlife and they have done some black ops work, but tries to put it behind them. Uh, they have also had experience dealing with the mad scientist stuff that does on that does that does pop up on occasion around comic book characters. That one, that one's a tough one. Yeah. Are they they're, they're just they're skilled in marksmanship, but not archery. They are skilled in archery. Oh. And they almost went to the Olympics for archery. So Okay. Uh, applicant 7 has been a skilled archer for many, many years. Uh, has a background in training other archers and leading them in combat. Um, they can pull off the dark and brooding chip on my shoulder persona that Oliver has on, on uh, from times. Um, isn't afraid to break a few eggs. Uh, they are very loyal to their people and protective. And they already have a hood. And they are often shrouded in mystery. So they kind of have a couple of the arrow, green arrow qualities. Um, applicant number eight is very proficient in hunting and survival, including archery and tracking. Has a rather complicated love life like <laughs> Oliver. Uh, they like to play games. This is Craven. Uh, this is not Craven. It's not Craven? No. Oh. Uh, they're very loyal to their family and home and has been known to fight corruption in the system. Okay. And then applicant number nine, last applicant, has a background in military and extensive combat training. Uh, they're known to be reckless to get the job done. Uh, they do have PTSD from all the time in the war from the military. Uh, they tend to use a rocket launcher as much as a bow. Uh, they're very good at surviving, and they're also fond of green jewelry. So they do like green. So those are your nine applicants. Is there anybody that stood out that you would think would be a good replacement for for the green arrow what was the one that his hair wouldn't fit under a hat um that was uh that's applicant number three okay what was that again uh they have experience using spears swords bows and horse riding uh they already have a green outfit but their hair might not fit under a hood uh despite lack of experience is considered very brave and comes from a very wealthy family like oliver and with a lot of drama that, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you want to go with that sure. one? That's who you're going to hire. That's yeah. uh, Mirita from the movie Brave. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> she would be good. She'd she be would a be good a, green arrow. She would be good. Yeah. That red Ginger hair, arrow. That, yeah. That red hair is not hiding under the hood, no. though. Uh, so, applicant one was Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. Um, I didn't want to put like Clint Barton. Down, I was waiting for you like, to put like Hawkeye, Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Carbon copy. Applicant two is Sterling Archer. So, Archer. an Archer. Oh. <laughs> That that's a me joke. Why did you like? I should have saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, applicant three was Mirida. Um, applicant four 
uh, was Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, applicant five uh, was Robin Hood. You got that one. <laughs> the, the one I got other than the <laughs> Hawkeye. Wow. Ab- applicant six um, is actually Gina Davis. Because <laughs> she almost went to the Olympics in 1999 when in Sydney. She she ranked 24th out of 300 oh. in the archery contest. Okay. Uh, and she worked with, um, there was a movie called uh, something like Hush or Break the Silence or something like that where she was in it with um, Christopher Reeve and Michael Keaton. <laughs> so she worked Batman and Superman. Uh, she's been in the afterlife with Beetlejuice and she, and Batman. Uh, and she did Black Ops and uh, Longest Goodnight. Yeah. And she was in the fly, so she knows what's going on with the mad scientists. And she was the president at one point. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So Gina Davis probably would have been the best candidate to replace Green Arrow. And she played baseball that one time. Yeah, I was trying to find a good baseball like tie-in reference. It was a pirate, pirate You know what's island? unfortunate? And I don't want to get on it. <laughs> yeah, like start poking at DC again. I was trying to. <laughs> no. no. I was trying to find actors that could directly relate to like that have worked with Gina Davis, so I could say she worked with superheroes. Okay. There aren't that many actors in the DC universe that I could tie back to Gina Davis. No. I mean, I know she's older. She's like, I think she's under, she's 60. Yeah. But still, it was just kind of like, I started thinking, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, she was in Long Kiss Night with Nick Fury. Oh, no, that's Marvel. Like, Yeah, but I mean, you think about it. How many Marvel movies are there now? Like, they're 17 or something like that. Yeah. And, it's hard and, not to Kevin Bacon those movies, though. Or Critters. Critters <laughs> those movies. Yeah. Um. All right. Applicant 7. Uh. Uh, was Gia Davis was in The Long Kiss Goodnight with Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson was J- Django Unchained with Leonardo DiCaprio, who was in Critters 3. Yes. There you go. Just, I wanted to mention that. I was right. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, applicant 7 was Sylvanas Windrunner. Oh, okay. So I Has tra- experience with the afterlife. Yep. Yeah, she's dead. She's very brooding and chip on her shoulder. It's true. Applicant 8 was Katniss Everdeen from Hunger Games because she likes to play games. See, trying to find. I, I really thought you were going to fit. Um, uh, what's his face in there? Uh, I just said it. Uh, you know uh, that guy. The, the, what I just mentioned. I just forgot his name. The guy hunts Spider Man. Damn it, Craven. Craven. Craven the Hunter. Yeah. I was trying to Daddy stick. Lewis, the I hunter. was trying to stick with a like other than Sterling Archer. I was yeah. trying to stick with a bow and arrow theme. Yeah. And applicant nine was John Rambo. Oh, so. see, look at that. Had I watched First Blood, I'd know that. <laughs> so there you go. That just shows you. Poor PTSD, yeah. Rambo. Yeah. Um, all right. That was fun. So congratulations, Merida. Uh, may you may you uh, protect the city and not fail it. Yeah, don't fail and, that city, yeah. Merida. And people out there that are handy with a pencil, if you would like to do a quick drawing of Merida as Green Arrow, I think that'd be hilarious. Please put it up on the page. Talk, oh, yeah. Talking to you, uh, Mr. Mr. King or uh, Mr. Paris out there in the world, if you guys, I think that'd be a fun little. Oh, that's a call out. Yeah. It's a call, out, call to action. Probably. Yeah. But I'm sure they're busy doing other things. But Steve, Steve King's going to be on the show next Speaking week. Being Steve King. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. And we're going to watch him draw that in front of me before we record. So. Steve, <laughs> Steve went on a trip to a galaxy far, far away called Europe. And uh, he went to Star Wars Celebration this year. So he's going to tell us that Dog's excited about yeah, we said Star, Star Wars. Wars Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's going to tell us about that uh, that trip uh, because Rogue One's coming out next week. So we're gonna t- we're gonna do Star Wars again. It's that time of year again. It's not Christmas. It's Star Wars time. Yeah. So we're gonna Thank do Disney for that. Talk about Star Wars celebration. Talk about we're, we're gonna meet the man that met Mark Hamill. So that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna talk about Rogue One. We'll put pictures up of the hand that shook the hand. Yeah. Um, and then I'll touch the hand that touched the hand, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> um, and then we're also gonna do ask a Sith uh, PR rep because oh. Joe does the pro yeah. pro bono work as a CR. And uh, if Sith uh, PR rep. if anybody's got any questions about the the Sith Empire, 
that you want me to handle from a public relations standpoint, please feel free to post them on Facebook, email us, tweet us, um, smoke signal, whatever you use. Uh, large smoking crater of a, of a, a planet that's no longer there. They know. get in the way a lot. The plants do get in the way a lot. Get, so do so. suns. <laughs> yeah. Just eat them up. Uh, so anyway, up. yeah. So next week will be Rogue One. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I got nothing else. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rid, riddled with the flu or something right now. I don't know what I got. Super flu. Um, I think it's a computer virus. We talk about Westworld. So I'm just going to go and be in a loop all day. A loop of playing video games and watching Westworld all day. That's my loop. Dude. Yeah. If you're going to go play video games, turn your perception all the way up. Yeah, right. <laughs> or get Mary to do it or somebody. Yeah. I don't know. She's yeah, gonna, be like, <laughs> give Mary your iPad and be like, could you turn my perception up? Yeah, because then I could be like, can I can I finish The Witness? Because I feel like I'm the dumbest person ever playing that game. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be next week. We'll be uh, Rogue One. Anyway, have a safe week. Um, I, I mean... I don't know. Don't don't have sex with robots. I don't. I don't know. If that's really. Yeah. I mean, if you do, I mean, be careful. Don't make let, sure it's cool in your HR handbook. Maybe it's a perk. <laughs> <laughs>